Chapter Twenty One of Whispering Smith by Frank Spearman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One Summer in Camp. Will you never be done with your telephoning? asked Marion. McCloud was still planning the assembling of the men and teams for the morning. Breakfast and transportation were to be arranged for and the men and teams and material were to be selected from where they could best be spared. Dixie, with the fingers of one hand moving softly over the telegraph key, sat on a box listening to McCloud's conferences and orders. "'Cherry says everything is served, isn't it, Cherry?' Marion called to the Japanese boy. Cherry laughed with a guttural joy. "'We're ready for it,' announced McCloud, rising." how are we to sit you are to sit at the head of your own table said marion i serve the coffee so i sit at the foot and mr smith may pass the beans over there and dixie you are to pour the condensed milk into the cups or into the river just as you like suggested whispering smith mccloud looked at marion sinclair really he exclaimed wherever you are it's fair weather when i see you no matter how tangled up things are i feel right away they're coming out and this man is another another what demanded whispering smith another care killer mccloud speaking to dixie nodded toward his companion trouble slip from your shoulders when he staggers in though he's not of the slightest use in the world i've only one thing against him it's a physical peculiarity but an indefensible one you may not have noticed it, but he is bow-legged. From riding your scrub railroad horses, I feel like a sailor ashore when I get off one. Are you going to eat all the bacon, Mr. McCloud, or do we draw a portion of it? I didn't start out with supper tonight. Take it all. I suppose it would be useless to ask where you've been today. Not in the least, but it would be useless to tell. I'm violating no confidence, though, in saying I'm hungry. I certainly shouldn't eat this stuff if I weren't. Should you, Miss Dunning? And I don't believe you're eating, by the way. Where's your appetite? Your ride ought to have sharpened it. I'm afraid you're downcast. Oh, don't deny it. It's very plain. But your worry is unnecessary. If the rain would only stop, said Marion, everybody would cheer up. They haven't seen the sun at the ranch for ten days. This rain doesn't count so far as the high water is concerned, said McCloud. It is the weather two hundred and fifty miles above here that is of more consequence to us, and there it is clear tonight. As long as the tent doesn't leak, I rather like it. Sing your song about fair weather, Gordon. But can the men work in such a downpour, ventured Dixie. The two men looked serious, and Marion laughed. In the morning you'll see a hundred of them marching forward with umbrellas, Mr. McCloud leading. The Japs carry fans, of course. I wish I could forget we are in trouble at home, said Dixie, taking the bandinage gracefully. Worrying people are such a nuisance. Don't protest, for everyone knows they are. But we are all in trouble, insisted Whispering Smith. Trouble! why bless you it really is a blessing pretty successfully disguised i admit sometimes but still a blessing i'm in trouble all the time right now up to my neck in trouble 
and the water rising this minute look at this man he nodded toward macleod he's in trouble and the five hundred under him they're in all kinds of trouble i shouldn't know how to sleep without trouble continued whispering smith warming to the contention without trouble i lose my appetite macleod don't be tight pass the bread never heard him do so well declared macleod looking at marion seriously now whispering smith went on don't you know people who if they were thoroughly prosperous would be intolerable simply intolerable i know several such all thoroughly prosperous people are a nuisance that's a general proposition and i stand by it go over your list of acquaintances and you will admit it's true here's to trouble may it always chasten and never overwhelm us our greatest bugbear and our best friend it sifts our friends and unmasks our enemies like a lovely woman it woos us oh never exclaimed marion a lovely woman doesn't woo she is wooed what are you looking for perfection in rhetorical figure this is extemporaneous but it won't do and asked to be conquered suggested whispering smith asked oh scandalous mr smith it's easy to see why he never could get any one to marry him declared macleod over the bacon hold on then like lovely woman it does not seek us we seek it persisted the orator that at least is so isn't it it is better assented marion and it waits to be conquered how's that marion turned to dixie you're not helping a bit what do you think i don't think woman and trouble ought to be associated even in figure and i think waits is horrid and dixie looked gravely at whispering smith macleod too looked at him you're in trouble now yourself and i brought it on myself so we do seek it don't we and trouble i must hold is like a woman waits i strike out as unpleasantly suggestive let it go so then trouble is like a lovely woman loveliest when conquered now miss dunning if you have a spark of human kindness you won't turn me down on that proposition by the way i have something put down about trouble he was laughing dixie asked herself if this could be the man about whom floated so many accusations of coldness and cruelty and death he drew a notebook from a waistcoat pocket oh it's in the notebook there comes the black notebook exclaimed macleod don't make fun of my notebook i shouldn't dare macleod pointed to it as he spoke to dixie you should see what's in that notebook the record i suppose of every man in the mountains and of a great many outside and countless other things added marion such as what asked dixie such as you for example said marion am i a thing a sweet thing of course said marion ironically yes you with color of eyes hair length of index finger on the right hand curvature of thumb disposition whether peaceable or otherwise and prison record if any and number of your watch added macleod how dreadful whispering smith eyed dixie benignly they're talking this nonsense to distract us of course but i'm bound to read you what i have here 
if you will graciously submit submit i wait to hear it laughed dixie my training in posity is the slightest as will appear he continued and synecdoche and synecdoche were always on the verge of getting mixed when i went to school my sentiment may be termed obvious but i want to offer a slight apology on behalf of trouble it is abused too much i submit this song to trouble here's to the measure of every man's worth though when men are wanting it grieves us hearts that are hollow we're better without hearts that are loyal it leaves us troubles the dowry of every man's birth a nettle adversity flings us it yields to the grip of the masterful hand when we play coward it stings us chorus don't say chorus that's common i have to say chorus my verses don't speak for themselves and no one would know it was a chorus if i didn't explain besides i'm short a line in the course and that's what i'm waiting for to finish the song chorus then here's to the bumper that proves every friend and though in the drinking it rings us here's to the cup that we drain to the end and here's to there i stick i can't work out the last line and here's to the hearts that it brings us exclaimed dixie fine cried macleod here's to the hearts that it brings us dixie threw back her head and laughed with the others then whispering smith looked grave there is a difficulty said he knitting his brows you have spoiled my song oh mr smith i hope not have i your line is so much better than what i have that it makes my stuff sound cheap oh no gordon interposed macleod you don't see that one reason why miss dunning's line sounds better than yours is owing to the differences in your voices if she will repeat the chorus finishing with her line you will see the difference miss dunning take the notebook begged whispering smith and rise of course suggested macleod oh the notebook i shall be afraid to hold it where are the verses mr smith is this fine handwriting yours then here's to the bumper that proves every friend isn't that true and though when we drink it it rings us and it does sometimes here's to the cup we drain to the inn even women have to be plucky don't they marion and here's to the hearts that it brings us whispering smith rose before the applause subsided i ask you to drink this standing in condensed milk have we enough to stand in interposed dixie if we stand together in trouble that ought to be enough observed macleod we're doing that without rising aren't we asked marion if we hadn't been in trouble we shouldn't have ventured to this camp to-night and if you had not put me to the trouble of following you and it was a lot of trouble i shouldn't have been in camp to-night said whispering smith and if i had not been in trouble this camp wouldn't have been here to-night declared macleod what have we to thank for it all but trouble a voice called the superintendent's name through the tent door mr macleod and there's more trouble added macleod what is it bill twenty-eight and nine-tenths on the gauge sir 
McLeod looked at his companions. I told you so. Up three tents. Thank you, Bill. I'll be with you in a minute. Tell Cherry to come and take away the supper things, will you? That's about all the water we shall get tonight, I think. It's all we want, added McLeod, glancing at his watch. I'm going to take a look at the river. We shall be quiet now round here until half-past three. And if you, Marion, and Miss Dunning will take the tent, we can have two hours' rest before we start. Bill Dancing will guard you against intrusion, and if you want ice water, ring twice. End of chapter 21